is the Mayfair Witchcast, where I tell my favorite person, me, Tim, my favorite story. So listen along every week as I break down this story chapter by chapter with that insight, me. Warning, we are not professionals. This story contains many triggers. We talk about them as gently as we can. But I'm just a girl telling her husband an amazing story of a family of witches, ghosts, ancient orders, lust, and love. So join us for a read-along in discussion of the lives of the Mayfair witches. gonna say hi something else but I couldn't think of anything other than babe it doesn't sound <laughs> weird darling yeah pet names are not very good to open with uh well but that's how we greet each other so also hello listeners welcome to the Mayfair Witchcast today we are continuing on with chapter 23 but first Babe, what do you remember from last oh, time? Just give me the recap. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember anything? We were in the midst of Deirdre and Aaron going to see the family for the first time. Deirdre was at college. He met with her yeah. on a dark and winding path. And yeah, Do you remember she the... She knew he was coming in the garden and... Mm-hmm. And she just runs away, and he runs away. Went back to the hotel, to the bar, and Cortland showed up. Oh yeah, he's gonna tell him the story. Well, they're or gonna something. They're gonna have a conversation, at the very least. So Aaron had invited Cortland to sit down, thinking, oh, "Thank God it's not Carlotta." First impression is that. This Cortland is an attractive dude. He knows he's in danger. He knows this is like a charming man. And that's part of it. He also knows that Cortland knows that he's hot and smart. And that these are both true. Aaron invites Cortland to sit down. He's like, call me Aaron. Which Cortland does, and he motions for the waiter or bartender or whatever, and he's like, another drink for Mr. Leitner and a sherry for me. The waiter brings them over, and this is when Aaron notices the position of Cortland's hand on his cigarette case, which is very suspiciously close to the glass. That the waiter just brought over for Aaron. Aaron catches on to this very quickly. And he knows. He absolutely knows that this man means to do him harm. And he's like, how unexpected. I thought it was Carlotta all along. (laughs) So Cortland's got his cigarette case ready to go for whatever. Cortland's like, oh, excuse me, I just remembered. I have to take my medicine if I can find it. Oh, what a nuisance. 
how have you enjoyed your stay in New Orleans? And of course you've been to Texas to see my niece. But of course you've seen the city. How do you like this garden over here? And he points behind him to like this little courtyard. And he's like, there's quite a story about that garden. Did they tell you? And of course Aaron fucking turns and looks over his shoulder. At this weathered fountain that's all in the shadows. And there's a man. Standing there. A tall, thin man. Faceless. Motionless. A, a chill runs through Aaron. As he looks at this man. And slowly, the figure melted. Completely away. It seemed like an age passes. Then he turns back. And Corton's like, a woman committed suicide in that garden. They say that the fountain turns red with blood once a year. Aaron's like, oh, charming. <laughs> <laughs> Glances at his bourbon and water that has been sitting on the table. And says he wouldn't have touched it for anything in this world. Or man. Yeah. Even though he does fall for the garden trick he looks away this is when Cortland is like okay so let's get to the point Aaron's like of course he's like a little bit excited he's like I'm sitting there with Julian's son OMG this is amazing <laughs> this and he just slipped something into his drink that is no doubt lethal Aaron's like, fuck yeah, this is my... Mm. He remembers the whole shit, the whole history. It wasn't like reading it. He's actually there. He's in it. He knows some shit's gonna come after this. After all, Corlin's trying to kill him. He says, that damn son of a bitch was trying to kill me. This is when Corlin starts in about how he's looked into the Talamasca and... There's nothing he can do about them. He can't force them to disclose their information about the family because apparently it's entirely private and not intended for publication or malicious use. So he can't do anything about it. He says they can't even force them to stop because they're not breaking any laws. Aaron's like, yes, yes, true. He says, however, they can... Make him and his representatives uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Legally, it wouldn't really stop them. But, you know, Mayfair money. This is where I want you to really, like, just, oh, I love this scene. Picture it. Nineteen Early 1950s, they're in, like, this hotel bar. Picture full-on Mad Men. Cortland's, like, puffing away. On a cigarette with, like, a glass of sherry. Probably in, like, the best fucking suit you've ever seen in your life. You know? And then there's Aaron, who's, like, drinking bourbon. And he's probably got, like, the second best suit you've ever seen in your life. And, yeah. Cortland's smoking his cigarette. Aaron's looking at his bourbon and water. And Cortland's like, oh, did, did I order the wrong thing? And he's like, you didn't order anything. You asked the waiter to bring what I was already drinking. And I should have stopped you because I've had quite enough. 
his eyes like harden. His smile goes away. And he's like, you shouldn't have made that trip to Texas, Mr. Leitner. You shouldn't have upset my niece. He's like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have. I was worried about her and I wanted to offer my help. And he's like, well, that's presumptuous of you and your friends in London. Aaron looks at him, empties his mind, you know. And then the small voice in his head tells him what he wants to know. Then he says, yes, it is presumptuous. But it was our representative, Peter Van Abel, who was the father of Charlotte Mayfair, born in France in 1664. And then he went on to Saint-Domingue to see his daughter, where he's imprisoned, and your spirit lasher drove to his death on a lonely road. He coupled with his own daughter, Charlotte, and thereby became the father of Janine Louise. And that means he's the grandfather of Angelique, the great-grandfather of Marie Claudette, who built Riverbend and created the legacy, which you administer for Deirdre now. Do you follow my tale? Makes sense. So... So much happens in this conversation. I love it. So Corland threatens Aaron. And Aaron's like, but we're part of you. Like, do you even know? He doesn't catch any anger from Cortland at this point. But he keeps watching him. And he goes on to tell him that his ancestors are descendants of their representatives. And how... Peter Van Abel links them together. And there are other matters that bring them together after all, like um, Stuart Townsend, who disappeared after he visits Stella in 1929. He's like, do you remember Stuart Townsend? The case of his disappearance was never solved. To which Quotland's like, you're mad. Then Aaron comes right out and he's like, this spirit of yours, Lasher, he killed Peter Van Abel. It was Lasher who I saw only a moment ago. And he's driving your niece out of her mind, isn't he? Cortland, obviously, is taken aback by this. He, a change comes over him. He looks totally innocent. He's like bewildered. And he's like, you're perfectly serious, aren't you? And Aaron gets that these are the first honest words he's spoken. Because Aaron can do that. And he's like, yeah, of course. Why, why wouldn't I be? Why would I try to deceive people who can read other people's thoughts? That would be stupid, wouldn't it? Just like you're expecting me to drink this bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> like Stuart Townsend or Cornell Mayfair. And Corton's like, you're making serious accusations. And Aaron's like, he says it out loud. He's like, all this time I thought it was Carlotta. It was never Carlotta, was it? It was you. To which Cortland is like, who cares what you think? How dare you say such things? He draws out another cigarette. His demeanor changes again. And he says, what do you want? 
Seriously, what do you want? Aaron thinks about it. He asks himself the same question. Like, what does he want to accomplish? And he says, we just, we want to know. We know so much about you, yet we don't know anything at all. We want to, we want to tell you what we know and all the little bits of, and pieces of information, who you are and what he is. We want you to talk to us and trust us. And lastly, we want to reach out to Deirdre and tell her that there's others like her who see spirits and that they know how she's suffering. They can help. She's not alone. Aaron asks, why don't you drink the bourbon? I haven't touched it. To which Cortland's like, I don't like it. Thank you. And then Aaron's like, well, what did you put in it? <laughs> Cortland kind of like shrinks back into his thoughts. Just He's like miserable looking. And then he goes, it's true what you wrote in your letter about Deborah Mayfair in Amsterdam. Aaron nods. He's like, we've got portraits of Charlotte, Jean Louise, Angelique, blah, 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 blah. He names them all, all the way down to Deirdre, to which Cortland, like, motions for him to stop. And he says, look, I came here because of Deirdre. She's going mad. To which Cortland is like, do you think you helped her? Like, really, do you think, you know, what Aaron did, went there, visited her, and Aaron's like, no. Uh, no, I didn't, and I regret going. But can you understand, like, how we can help her? We really can. Corlin doesn't answer. He just drinks his sherry. The man that Aaron had known in the history is not this man. It's different now. So Aaron asks, would your father Julian have spoken to me? <laughs> to which... Corlin's like, not a chance. But don't you know that from all your observations? He asks. That he was one of them? And Eric can tell he's being completely earnest when he says this. He was one of them. And Aaron's like, and you're not one of them? No. Cortland says, not really, not ever. Then he says, look, spy on us if you wish. Treat us as if we were a royal family. To which Aaron's like, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> Cortland says, you're historians. That's what my contacts in London say. Scholars, harmless, respectable. Aaron's like, I'm honored. He says, Leave my niece alone. She's got a chance at happiness. And this thing's got to come to an end. It must. And perhaps she can see that it does that. Which Aaron replies, Is she one of them? And here is what I find interesting. Corlin replies, Of course she isn't. That's the point. There isn't one of them now. Don't you see that? What's been the theme of your study of us? Haven't you seen the disintegration of the power 
Stella wasn't one of them either. The last one was Mary Beth. Jillian, my father, that is. And then Mary Beth. And Aaron's like, yeah, I saw it. But what about your spectral friend? Will he allow it to come to a finish? Cortland's like, you believe in him? Really? You believe in Lasher yourself. And Aaron's like, I saw him. Cortland blames this on his imagination, to which Aaron is like, oh, please. He smiled when I saw him. He made himself very substantial and vivid indeed. Cortland's smile goes away a little bit again. And he says, oh, he'd like your choice of words, Mr. Lightner. Aaron asks, can Deirdre make him go away and leave her alone? To which Cortland replies, of course she can't, but she can ignore him and live like he's not there. Antha couldn't, Stella didn't want to, but Deirdre's stronger. Deirdre has a lot of Mary Beth in her. Uh, he has apparently said more than he wanted to. So he gathers up his cigarette case and his lighter, slowly gets up to his feet, and Aaron's like, don't go. Cortland says, send me your shit, and I'll read it, and then maybe we'll talk again, but don't ever go near my niece again. Don't exploit her, don't hurt her, anything at all. And he turns to go. Aaron's like, what about the drink? <laughs> What if I call the police and give them the, it as evidence? To which Cortland smiles and winks and says, Mr. Leitner, this is New Orleans. Now please go home to your watchtower and your telescope and gaze at us from afar. And Aaron watches him walk away. And I think this is a good time. For a break. For a break. But first, babe. What do you think about this fucking conversation between Aaron and Cortland? We've learned so much. It'd be a, good to be a fly on, I guess, where we are the fly on the wall. We are the fly on the wall. <laughs> well, we are Aaron. We're yeah. getting this from Aaron's perspective. Cortland tried to poison Aaron. Yeah. Tried to, well. How do you think? Well, he got it in the drink and kept asking him to drink it. And Aaron was pretty much like, it's poison, and Cortland didn't deny it. I give that, Cortland doesn't lie. He does try to get him to drink the drink. Yeah. Aaron makes the assumption that it's been Cortland all along, and not Carlotta. And he didn't deny that either. No. How does that make you feel about Carlotta? I still hate the bitch. You still hate the bitch. Yeah. Even though she's not poisoning people. Well, doesn't matter. She's she, still a mean bitch, but... She still might have something to do with it. So, if he is poisoning people, if Cortland is killing motherfuckers, and Carlotta knows this, doesn't that give her a little bit more reason to be the bitch and want to keep Stella, Antha, and Deirdre away from Cortland? I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out more when we come back after this break.
And we returned. We have returned? We have returned. <laughs> so, Aaron's watching Cortland walk away. In total style. Cortland gets to the door and he turns and gives Aaron a little wink and a wave. Like, see you later, buddy. So Aaron sits there and he writes the whole account of what just went down. He takes his aspirin bottle out of his pocket, dumps his aspirin out, and pours the drugged bourbon into it. Stashes it away. And as he's getting ready to go gathering the shit up, he looks up and sees a bellhop standing there staring at him, who is like, Mr. Leitner, your bags are ready and your car is here. <laughs> this is in fact the case. Cortland has set it up for Aaron to make the 10 o'clock flight to New York. Aaron checks his bags, all of his shit really is packed. And he is, of course, suspicious of the big black limousine sitting out front waiting for him. So he gets a cab who takes him to the train instead of the airport because he's smart. So he catches a sleeper train to New York. He calls Scott, remember his boss, Scott, who's like, come home. <laughs> of course. Of course it's what he said. So Aaron's like, yeah. Coming. Halfway across the ocean, Aaron gets sick. When he lands in London, there's an ambulance waiting, and Scott is waiting to rush him to the hospital. Aaron has a high fever at this point and he's going like in and out of consciousness and he manages to tell them to look for poison before he goes out completely. Eight hours later. I Every time I say that I picture the Spongebob Eight hours later. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up. Feels like shit, but he's alive. Scott and two of his friends are there. This is a small detail, but it made me very happy. Two of Aaron's good friends are there. Yeah. Aaron's got good friends. At least he has somebody. Yeah, because it doesn't really seem like it. It seems like he's put in this shit when he's very young, and he doesn't mention friends at all when he introduces himself, but there's people there. For him when he's sick and down. They tell him that he's been poisoned, all right. He was correct. And they ask what his last drink was before the plane, where Aaron remembers a coughing and sickly woman who's probably from the streets now that he thinks back on it, who asked for his help with a sky cap. I don't know what that is. I'm assuming, is that like overhead luggage? Is this a term you learned back in your college days? No, I don't recall here. Sky no. cap. 
Tim Google's sky cap. Because they kind of say it's before the plane, and I can't imagine what would a sky cap be before the plane. They, of course, do not explain it. A movie's coming up. Oh, but she sits down at his table while he goes over to the sky cap. Sky cap was a porter employed by the airport. A porter? Uh, so it's like it provides with services. Handles, luggage, strollers, car seats. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Bellhop for a plane. Yep. Do they still exist or is that like an old so. fashioned thing? Cause I didn't go that far. Wasn't I don't recall. I don't know. I only flew one twice. You know, my memories of flying are not great. I was very young. But anyway, he goes over to this, which is a person, I guess. He goes over to this person, and while he does, she sits down at his table. And he's like, that's the last, that must be it. And they are like, yeah, she slipped you a poison called ricin. I think it's how you pronounce it, right? Sounds right. Ricin. It comes from the castor bean. It's powerful and extremely common. It's the same thing Cortland put in your bourbon. You're out of the woods, but you're going to be sick for like two more days. His stomach is cramping. Soon Scott tells him, they aren't ever going to talk to us. How could they? They kill people. It's over, at least for now. To which Aaron replies, they always kill people, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I love Aaron I do and he's like weak and he's like but Deirdre Mayfair doesn't kill people I want my diary <laughs> I love it he's in unbearable pain he's back at the mother house by the end of the week and convinced that the entire place is going to be poisoned. And who's going to stop them from hiring people to put shit in their food. And the food might be poisoned before it even gets to their kitchens. Like, he's paranoid after this, you know? He's got a little bit of PTSD <laughs> about being poisoned. Nothing like that happens. A year goes on. During that year, he revisits the file, and the telemasker receives a lot of, quote, shocking news from New Orleans. Meanwhile, Aaron concludes that, you know, Cortland is the one who murdered Stuart and Cornell. He wonders why. And if he did, why does he have this battle with Carlotta? Meanwhile, Carlotta's been sending, like, a bunch of legal threats, wanting them to stop their invasion and disclose all the information they have. Also, they need to stay 100 yards away from the family and the houses and blah, 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 etc. It's, of course, decided again that no further contact is to be made. Aaron still really fucking scared that he's going to get poisoned. 
He sends two times the amount of investigators to New Orleans, warning them of the danger. They don't lose any investigators, though. Although several asked for raises. Remember um, Juliet Milton? She was the main investigator they had before Aaron got there. The one who introduced him to Beatrice and all that. She retired with an unofficial pension in 1958. We were to hear from her again several times over the years, however. She is still living as of 1989 in an expensive boarding house for elderly people in Mobile, Alabama. And that is where Aaron ends this section of chapter 23. And I think that's a good spot for us to pause for this episode and pick up again next episode with the continuation of Deirdre. The next section is called Deirdre's Story Continues. That finishes up this chapter. And then the next one is not part of the file. We get to check in with the future. Good. You know, we didn't cover a lot. We only covered a tiny little bit of this chapter, but I feel like it was so much. Like, the conversation between Aaron and Cortland to me, I remembered it, but it was like, this time when I read it, it was like a whole new... I read it totally different. It kind of sets the table, I guess, for who's truly behind shit. Do you think? Well, it kind of gave him some answers, too. But not really, at the same time. Does Car... Is Carlotta killing people or is Cortland killing people? If they're both killing people, why are they fighting? These are my questions, Aaron's questions. Are they, Is that what you're wondering at this point? Not really. It doesn't <laughs> matter. They all kill people. Do. Yeah. Force them out. The hotel was like, here you go, Mr. Lightner. Here's your ride. <laughs> Aaron handles it all like a champ. I think. He's like happy. The the whole, like happy, nervous, nervous, excited, nervous. The whole conversation, like he's not really scared. He is kind of smarter than Cortland. Even though he does the whole fucking, what's that? And looks over his shoulder. Like Cortland's like, what's that over there? And, and Aaron's totally like, what? But then there's actually something for Aaron to look at because the man is there. Yeah. Why? To help Cortland. Yeah. Maybe. So he communicates, he said. Yeah, I don't know. But Just more questions because Cortland basically says you believe in him. Like he don't see him. But he made it seem that way. Cortland also says that he is not one of them. Cortland tried to kill Aaron. Yeah, what does he mean by that? I mean, I guess a witch. One of them. Because, remember, Stella was um, calling cousins and gathering people looking for powerful psychics. Maybe because she wasn't herself. Although, I don't know how they know for sure if... Deirdre isn't one of them because she's been so controlled her whole life that even if she wanted to be powerful, I don't 
think she would know how or have the, uh, what's the words I'm looking for here? Like, because she's been so put down, would she be able to, like, manifest that power from within herself, I guess. That's what I'm saying. So how do they even know if she's that powerful? Maybe feathers know everything. No, the Talamaskin knows everything. According to the Mayfairs, don't really know anymore. Is what Aaron thinks. I don't know. These are all questions that will have to be answered. Well, before we get back to the present, listeners, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or even if you just want to say hi to us or yell at me about something I got wrong. You can find us on Twitter at MayfairCast. You can also email us at TheMayfairWitchCast at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to finish up Chapter 23 and start Chapter 24. We might get all the way through it. Probably not. But until then, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.